Some dark. Yo, what up, Andy? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Beats, Brews, Points of View podcast. I'm your host, Neil Richter, with my co-host to the right, E-Man Bates. That would be I, and then oh, we, we have... Episode 23, baby? Yes, we go. Nobody likes you when you're 23. What's our age again? <laughs> Normally, this Nobody guy's just sitting here uh, engineering, but we got him as a guest today. Nikki Small, everybody. He's not really a guest, though, I feel like. He's part of the show. He's yeah, part he's of the He's not podcast, really a guest, baby. yeah. <laughs> he's just in front of the camera today. <laughs> But yeah, we uh, we kicked it off there with the Supremes. There, E Man's got the Supreme the shirt. Supreme on. shirt, yeah. We, uh, oh, you ran a Supreme shirt. You did. Uh, that's that's why there. we did it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> got that at that um, House of Vans uh, show of Vans, on Saturday, yeah. which was kind of a shit show, but the vending was cool. Yeah, can you, you know guys what? tell us a little bit about it? Sorry. Yeah, so Thursday was dope because they had those. They had Thundercat. It wasn't as nearly as populated as Saturday was. Thundercat did a hell of a performance. Dude. It was yeah, sick. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was on acid or something, but it was dope. <laughs> I think it always seems like he's on acid. Well, he was in the middle of this big jam, and then he like came. He came. He starts laughing, and he comes up to the front of the stage, and he goes, "If only you guys." knew what the fuck was going on with me right now <laughs> so we're like ah, i think he might be uh tripping right now <laughs> danny brown killed it danny brown was on saturday and we got to see literally 10 seconds of danny brown yeah, that was a shit before show. we left like it was well, uh the crowd it was, was all just, messed up it, it was, was so like, it was so unorganized it was just way too many people in there yep. i didn't even pay like yeah they, they let way too many people in but <laughs> e-man and i had fun we drove around the city for a little bit afterwards watched the snowfall and got some vegan food shout out to uh chili mustard onions yeah that was nice, yeah. nice. that was nice um, before we get into shit today, I gotta do a quick uh, R.I.P. to um, speaking since we're on the soul. We call this the poor one out segment. Talk. Yeah, we uh, gotta say uh, rest in peace to James Ingram, who is a legendary soul R&B singer. If you're unfamiliar with him um, and you grew up in the '90s like myself, you might know him for the duet he did with Linda Ronstadt um, somewhere o- out there from Fightful Goes West. Somewhere. <laughs> but, Aside from that, he wrote songs with Quincy Jones. He was in uh, Ray Charles' backup band, singing like backup vocals for his live band, and he also wrote "Pyt" by Michael Jackson. So yeah, yeah, he's motherfucker was the So we got to send out some love to him. Um, And normally, this would be the spot where Email would be pouring up a beer and uh, toasting. So guys, guess what? I'm going sober like <laughs> Neil was. And I'm not. I'm going to have a beer yeah. at midnight tonight because this is the last fucking day of my so sober it is month. The last my birth- day. So my birthday is April 9th. I'm going sober officially until that until day. Until April 9th? Unless. You're a liar. Here's, 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 a, here's a stipulation. Beer that I brew is the only stipulation. <laughs> wait, wait. Can we change the name for this like month to Beats Dudes and Points of View? <laughs> sober Dudes and Points of View? Beats sober so yeah. beer that I brew is the only stipulation, and I will only have that on the show for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny, dude? You know how things just like, you ever have those days where things just kind of fall into place? Yes. That's how I felt today went, because... You, because I, all right, so usually I pick out the music for the show, and E Man last week uh, told me that he was like, I, I want to pick out the intro song next week. And I was like, Tight, yeah, just let me know. And today he texted me that he wanted to listen to the Supremes on the intro. 
And I was like, fuck yeah, I love the Supremes. We always got to rep the Motown shit. Motown stuff. So um, when I got in my car to come to the studio, I came to the studio a little bit early this week to uh, like record with Nick, and we were writing some music today. And I get in the car, and I listen to NPR quite a bit in my car. That's pretty much the only station I listen to. And there's a program on there called The Moth, which the gist of it, it's like a live uh, recording thing where they have a big studio audience and then a bunch of people on to tell a story. And today they had um, Cal Gill or Carolyn Gill from the, the um, for, shit, sorry, from the Velvelettes, who was the last girl group recorded on Motown and Barry Gordy and all that. And she was telling the story about how she, when they were on the road together, they would often tour with all the group, girl groups together. And she was uh, roommates with Diana Ross. And she was on the road with Diana Ross for two years and how much fun she had with Diana Ross and how, like, Diana Ross kind of looked uh, or uh, was like treated her like a younger sister almost. So it was pretty cool. It was funny because E Man texted me about the Supremes. I get in the car and then I got shit already talking about the Supremes in the car. Like so I, I got the shirt and I was like, I was kind of on a Supreme kick earlier today. So that's the one reason I kind of want to go to it. Yeah. Yep. How's it sound? Uh, oh, yeah. I guess they didn't really can. They won't hear us on that. But, anyways. Um, yeah, I guess we want to kick it off with something old, something new, since we got no beer pour up this week. Yeah, might as well just go straight into it. Uh, so something you old. Start off? You, g- you want me to? All right. Yeah, you can start off. All right, for something old this week, actually, uh, my I got sent down the rabbit hole inspired by Nick over here. Um, if you're unfamiliar, Nick has his own YouTube channel where he does covers and some of his own material. And I was on there watching him do this cover, this Jack Johnson song. And so I was listening to Jack Johnson at work, and that put me into like a space of that kind of music that I used to listen to all the time. And so I started listening to Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals, Burn to Shine, which is my favorite album of theirs. It's got, I mean, I wish he would get back together with the Innocent Criminals and make more music with them because that's definitely in his wheelhouse. And I I just absolutely love that album, Um, start to finish. There's only like one song that I skip on it. I think that song, I forget the name of that song. It's because I skipped Ben Harper's the man. Oh my God, I love my, Ben Harper. My dentist, shout out to Polly Vudel. <laughs> uh, my dentist is a huge supporter of mine. Uh, he's he's actually helped me um, with some financing on my album, which was amazing. He's an amazing man. Anyway, he goes to like concerts all year round, has gone to, I don't even know how many concerts at Red Rocks now, mm-hmm. but he loves Ben Harper, and he's, he just took his kids to go see Ben Harper out at Red Rocks. Oh, man. And I'm, like, and I'm like, well, when are you taking me? <laughs> uh, but but I'll be honest with you, like I never really checked Ben Harper out until like Polyvoo was like, you need you need to check Ben Harper yeah, out. Ben of Harper all people, me. like being that I do acoustic music like that, and like uh, since then, I've just downloaded his entire discography. And He's such a great songwriter. Such song- a great songwriter. I love the way he like words stuff. Um, and me and Nick were talking about this earlier when like a song that's so good that it could be like a simple thing where it's only like a couple chords, but the lyrics are so deep that you're like, I don't even care that this is like two chords and like no changes at all, no drums or whatever. This guy right <laughs> here just helped me write a song earlier. Yeah, just so, like, yeah, trying my co-writing today. Finished a song today, so gonna bring in some. Uh, some studio cats, some studio musicians here this, uh, maybe this weekend, I think I'll start working on it, trying to uh, put together this kind of super group of musicians here at the studio to be constantly putting out music. It's so much fun doing that stuff too, man. I love being a part of it. And I want to come back. Me and Nick want to get, we're going to get some uh, live videos out for you guys of him doing some loops and coming up with some 
some different songs on the fly because I've seen this man do it a million times and it'd be cool for you guys to be able to see it as well. Fire, bro. (laughs) Fire. Fire. (laughs) Flames. But uh, yeah, so that was my something old. E-Man, what you got for something old this week? Uh, Since we were talking about Mike Poser last week, I decided to go with his boy. So I pulled out Black Bear uh, Cybersex. I don't even know what that is. Explain it to me. Black Bear? Yeah, I don't know. You don't you never listen to Black Bear before? Mm-hmm. So Black Bear is more like a he's kind of like a trippy like R&B like tile like kind of singer, but he has a bunch of features on this album. Okay. So it was like 2 Chains, Cameron, Gucci, all these people and it's like he has this like kind of like this like psychedelic style like of R&B. It's, that it's really sweet. Sick. I'd be into that. Yeah, so, yeah, Black Bear is a shit. Yeah, I mean, he's good. been around for a while. I mean, I know like a lot well, of What's the name of the album? Uh, Cybersex. Cybersex. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So, check that out. Yeah, he actually, him and Mike Poser have a collab album, like Mansions is their group, and that was the name of their album. Oh, yeah. okay. That's sweet. I'll have yeah. to check that out. I still haven't gotten around to listening to that Mike Poser album. I got to do that. A real good kid. I haven't been listening to a whole lot of new music. I've been really enjoying listening to old music for like this entire, well, I guess only a month of this year so far, but yeah, all of January, I've been basically just listening to old music. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ron, okay. Ron and I have a jam. It was... Uh, Ram and I have a jam from Black ba- Black Bear. It was like Do Re Mi, and it was like Do Re Mi Sa. So fucking done with you. Oh, I know that song. <laughs> yeah, that's wait, Black. That's, that's Black, Black Bear? Bear. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. What, where have I heard that song before? Oh, you know what? I think um, there was this chick that uh, we were friends with. Lauren Postma loves that fucking song. So, Lauren, if you're listening, that one's <laughs> that one's for you. Um. <laughs> Have you been listening to any old music? What you got, bro? Okay, well, thank you for asking. <laughs> I was at I was here at the studio one night real late, and uh, Chris, the owner of the studio, shout out to Chris Brees, uh, great dude, mentor for sure, homie. <laughs> um, he, he had some friends down in the in the basement, and we were listening to some music. We were all like putting on something, uh-huh. and uh, this guy was like, "I got something for you." So he puts on this. Artist Lobby Cifrey, never heard of him. Uh-huh. Right? And then he's playing this song, and let's play it here. Let's cue a little bit of it up. I know you guys can't hear too much of it right now, but. They'll hear this on the on the podcast later, right? So yep. it's it's a great song, right? It's pretty fat, but you guys are gonna recognize something here. Talking about. Oh, All right, nice little here sample here, so you can recognize it. No, we didn't change the sound. <laughs> uh, I know what this is. It, you know, I know what this is too. And we all know hip hop is sampled in so many different ways, and that's great because it, it's like gives this opportunity to bring back. Music that once lives sure. and, crazy. Breathe, and so it's like breathing life back into these songs. But this is like verbatim. We all know who. Uh, but how fat! I feel like this this beat, this part of the beat in this song, the, in the studio, they probably like were like, mm, keep that groove going. Yeah. Yeah. Even, it doesn't need yeah. to make sense in the song. This yeah. is just so fat. It doesn't even matter. Yep. So. The cool part about that too is it makes me think about because Dr. Dre is known for using a lot of samples that are like. You're like, where the fuck would you have found like Lobby Souffre? Like, right. who knows Dr. Dre? Like, what the hell is this guy listening to? 1975. Dre's just a wizard, bro. He has like, a crazy taste in music. Yeah, that's, that's just a great sample. So fast. Andy, actually, wild, we were driving uh, on the way to E-Man's show. Shout out to Andy Case, Midwestern Gentleman. Midwestern he Gentleman. He put together a yeah. playlist of 
So he did. So he would put the original song, and then he'd be like, "See if you can guess which it came from." And then the next track would be the the song from the hip hop sample that it used. And he did a whole playlist like that. It was really dope. They had uh, fun listening to it on um, on uh, Eminem's radio station. Actually, Shade Four Five. They did like a mix of that, like the day of my show. Actually, it was, mm-hmm. but it was Mac Miller. It was all the Mac Miller samples. He oh, used. nice! It was sick, and then like played like the original song, and then it cut into the Mac Miller song. That's tight. It was dope as hell. Yeah, nice. That's nice. Um, I guess we got into something new this time. There was one new album that I listened to this week, and it is speaking of Eminem. That's a good little segue there. Um, Boogie, his newest signee, um, over from I think Compton, California. Uh, put out an album called Everything is for Sale. And I was kind of taken aback by it. I'm thinking there's going to be like some real like West Coast up, like really up tempo beats, but it was real smooth. And like the production on it, I know in an interview he said that his friends are the guys that produces his music for him. And man, they really did a fucking good job. So I really wanted to make sure I uh, gave them some props. I wish I, I don't know their names offhand. Um, he talks about it in the Sway 45 or Sway interview on Shade 45. But yeah, the production production's real smooth, and his his storytelling is amazing. And I really really enjoyed the Boogie album. Uh, I'm glad that it lived up to uh, the hype because there really hasn't been a lot of super successful come stuff come out of Shady Records like as of the last yeah they, since he, like Fifty Cent really dude, he has a, yeah <laughs> I mean he really has one of like, Yellow Wolf you know he had like Yellow a really, Wolf yeah Yellow, you're right yeah, 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 yeah had a good run yeah and, and Slaughterhouse had a good run but it's all like that kind of they never really had like the besides bullshit. Fifty Cent they never really had like that superstar I feel yeah. like. They've got like they've definitely got stuff on aftermath, but like an actual shady records signee. So I'm glad that that album yeah. is really good. I really recommend checking that one out. E man, what you got? Scuba. We got some Sada. Sada baby. Oh, Bartier Bounty. Little Detroit's so, own Sada little baby. Detroit own, yeah. So I actually got a chance to listen. I it was like twenty something tracks. I didn't. I kind of skimmed the last half of it. I'm be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But the first the habit same. of like Scuba says, I love that song. That and uh, was a, pl- a pimp named Dripback. I think that was the name of another song. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of du- yeah. Pimp named. Let me let me like, let me double check that just to make sure I got that right. There's also a song on there with one of my favorites out of Detroit right now, Ashley Sorrell. We talk about her on the podcast track two, pretty yeah. often. Um, that was definitely my favorite track on the album. I forget the name of it. What is you know the name of that one? Yeah, it is called Bonnie and Bly. Yeah, Bonnie and Bly. That's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah, Pimp Name Drip Back. Detroit's got a lot of shit bubbling up right now, man. So, yeah, shout out to Sada Baby. Yeah, Scuba Says, I think, was my favorite track on that whole album. So, so, first of all, Sada Baby had just that energy that he brings to tracks is really, like, distinct, I would feel like. He uses a lot of, like, you know, like, Detroit-style beats, you know, like, where he's got the heavy drum style, like, you know, like, Hell of a probably produced a lot of shit like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, we're... Like your your PZs or your like T Grizzly or stuff like that, like the beats you know they would use, right? But yeah, he has like his own distinct energy to him. Like, so my yeah, only thing it. with that one was the lyrical content left a little something to be desired for me because there's a little bit too much perky. Too much perky. Lean talk. <laughs> too I, much. I, I perk. guess she gets yeah. fucking boring to me after a while. It, it, so that's the, that's pretty much like the last half of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a little bit different, but yeah, I see what you mean. Cause yeah. it, it kind that part because he does mention perks a lot in the fucking album. <laughs> yep. Honest with you. So yeah, it gets repetitive, but you know he has. Has his moments where it's just fucking this song snaps like holy shit. Yeah. Plus, you don't realize who you're. I mean, I'm not. I like songs that are about partying too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just all about lyrical schmirical shit. But like, you don't realize how many people are influenced by what you're saying, especially if you're a popular rapper. Like, there was this thing that just came out about Future, how he just realized re- started feeling bad recently because he got did an interview or talked with Juice World, who's pretty popular right now, and Juice World told him that it was Future's music that inspired him to start drinking lean in sixth grade. 
So, <laughs> so wow. Yeah, so there's yeah. So people are listening. It's man. true. I mean, but at the same time, you're not in this to be a role model. No, like, absolutely you're really not. not. Yeah, you're, you're right. You don't know anything. Like, people, but I just, I just think there could be a deeper message. You don't have to talk about it every chance you get, especially when you're not actually. Future doesn't even like do lean and shit anymore, but he still talks. I mean, about do you it. listen to Future for the lyrical content? I don't listen to Future at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you listen? <laughs> yeah, that shit's not for do me. You listen I've to never Future for bars. In Future, does anybody listen to Future for bars? I don't. I, don't. I love. I actually no. like Future. I enjoy his music. I don't listen to for bars though. But I guess <laughs> I, I hold I hold rappers at a higher standard when it comes to that though, because like if you're not making the beat, which he's not. Um, what the fuck are you giving me if you got zero ass content in your music? Like you're not telling me nothing. I I could have wrote that shit myself. Probably could. <laughs> you know, like so I, know, I, I do know. like like with future. I do admire persistence, man. He dudes in the studio every day. Like dude yeah. turns out music like crazy. Yeah, that's true. Um, you listen to any new music, Nick? Besides uh, your own, <laughs> I, I'm always just making music. Yeah, he's uh, making new music <laughs> constantly. So, <laughs> we could talk about that. Actually, I'll bring that up because. I don't know. People get weird about talking about their own shit, but Nick is working on some cool stuff right now. I'm not going to get any details in, but a little bit of a super group coming together here. There's secrets going on here in the studio, but he let me listen to some of the new stuff that they uh, have been recording up in here. And man, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. There's a lot uh, of collaborations. Working on my audio engineering skills and uh, shout out to Toby. Uh, here at the studio, he is uh, totally a, a huge mentor of mine. He is an amazing audio engineer, so I've kind of spent the last year like watching him. So now it's like putting those skills to test and miking up a drum kit and how to get a freaking good sound from that. How to mic up a guitar cabinet and get a good sound from that. Right. There's so much to know about on- audio engineering. And uh, for me, this project goes beyond just the music itself, but it's like a whole learning process, and it's it's a collaboration between like the community. Um, musicians uh, in bands that you know I, I yeah, casual plays with, and it's just gonna be it's just gonna be a dope thing. I so can't wait. I, I would it. love to tell you more about it, but we'll just wait until the first release, which should be very soon. Um, Toby's done some engineering for Royce Five Nine, hasn't he? Yeah, yep. he engineered his whole last album. Uh, I, wait, which I, one? I don't know if it's the one. Booker Ryan? No, it might have been on or, uh, Bar Exam Four. Oh, okay, Bar Exam Four. Maybe, that, yeah, that. Booker I, Ryan. I think Booker Ryan was, was under Heaven. I think. Yeah, I think it was partially. Yeah. I think part of it was done here, and part of it was done at Heaven, because that was right around the time that he well, opened Heaven. Yeah. So, like Royce, from all the stories, like there had to be like a, a sound engineer on rotation because he would go all night. Toby would work like 12 hours straight, then he'd have to pass it along to somebody else because Royce literally went for like 36 hours straight or more. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Toby told me once that Royce would write stop. like 10 different, he'd be writing 10 different songs in his head like at the same time at all times. He said he's never seen a dude with like as crazy of a work ethic as Royce does. And that makes sense because when you listen to his bars, you're like, Jesus Christ, how does he come up with this shit? Right. He's my favorite rapper. Yeah, he's we great. We all the time. For sure. <laughs> Chris has told me some crazy stories about, like, Trick Trick and all those guys. And uh, just, like, because he was on a, lo- a field audio shoot for uh, a video that they were doing. Probably. And it's, like, those guys, just awesome stories. All awesome individuals for for the record. They're all, like, very I nice and Trick humble. Trick real cool. Very humble, like, you know, humble people and, you know, yeah, want to see good things happen for the cool, community, actually. which is really cool. That same night that you and I went to the Thundercat show in Detroit, uh, Trick Trick and Goody Mob was performing at Legends. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, what's, uh, what's this? <sighs> Ashley Weimer. Ashley Weimer and actually King Jazzy, shout out to him. He, I think he's going to be hopping on a podcast, too. Right uh, he was playing that show. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's crazy. She's getting all these opening gigs and shit, and it's fucking wild. Good for her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, we can't... Uh, I, 
I know Nick doesn't know a lot about the hip hop shit, but we can't not talk about how fucking much Tory Lanez has lost his mind. Yeah, dude, he <laughs> coming at Dreamville. First now. he came, so first he comes after Royce, and that got deaded real quick. People, I think his people probably called him and were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he apologized to Royce real quick. But then now he's saying that he could outrap Pusha T, saying he could outrap J Cole and the entire Dreamville roster. Said he can outrap Eminem. I don't know what the hell this dude's talking about, but he's lost his mind. I, like I don't even think he I can handle like, one single. person I don't person think he necessarily lost his mind. I think he's actually trying to market himself. I yeah, really that's think true. That's, he's I had think everyone he, talking about him. I think he's him. trying to stay popular. Like that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. I'm just going on right now. Trying to stay relevant. He's trying to get relevant. Like yeah, so people have his name going and everything like that. So when he actually drops something, mm-hmm. it's gonna pop. Yeah, it's actually smart what he's doing. But it's it a, is it's smart. A, it's a death sentence, you know, if it doesn't work out. But it's smart what he's doing. But I don't. He can't outrat. He's a fucking. First of all, he's a singing. Oh no, he can't. I, I like the Don Q diss better than his. Like him and Don Q have been going back and forth that they both put out like a couple tracks but uh, i think don q put out two and he put out one the second don q track i think is way better i mean he tried to do the shit with joiner too before <laughs> that. remember he tried to do that goal he first target was joiner i think yeah. right yeah. Yeah. some people yeah. think that he he won that one over joiner i don't think so in my personal opinion but i think joiner's got deeper close. bars than he does Thank you. Yeah, that's I was good. I was really dark over there. <laughs> yeah. I was really so, dark. I was, over there. Like, I was starting to look. I was like, man, I'm. Someone's like, going. I noticed it. I was like, kind of just letting it ride. I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I guess I don't want to give Tori too much press, and I don't think that he'll even get any response out of J Cole or Pusha T. He'll probably get. I I want JID to say something because I think JID will fucking destroy him. I think JID can rap so much better than Tory Lanez can, but we'll see. That was a. Uh, I have no idea who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I was going to say, Nick doesn't have it's a whole lot. Okay. <laughs> Nick it's doesn't great. have a whole lot on that one. Neil, let me just tell you how much Neil loves music. <laughs> and, and I'm sure E-Man, like, E-Man and I just met recently through this podcast and stuff, so we're becoming friends. And Neil and I have known each other forever, and uh, he literally probably texts me on a daily basis. Yeah. Dude. You gotta check this song out, <laughs> yeah. you got, dude. Have you checked? And I'm like, I'm always in the middle of something, so I'll I'll download it or put it on Apple iTunes, and then like I'll be cleaning. Ashley, my girlfriend, and I clean an office, and I listen to the everything that he sent me for the week, and I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. You know, yeah, it's very funny. rarely I, does he send it's me. It's nice now that like. he has Apple Music because I can just share the song yeah. straight to him, and he can just add it to his playlist for later. <laughs> so it works out pretty well. I do that with quite a few of my friends. You're like, oh, you gotta hear this song. You gotta hear this song. Probably gets annoying to some people, but I'm sorry. <laughs> the only thing that gets annoying is when you're at a party and you change the music every. Yeah, you do that shit all the time. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. I do not do that shit anymore. I don't even fucking play the music at the parties anymore. I just throw on the party playlist or let fucking Rob okay, or one of them handle it. Yeah, I I know, I know what you mean though. It's it's easy to get in that mode, especially okay. if you've been drinking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Name the last time I did. Name the last time I even had a party. <laughs> you do it in the car all the time too. In the car, what <laughs> you do that in the car all you the play time. Play the music in the car. I don't even drive. Yeah, I know. Like you'll still have like your iPhone connect. Not not this particular instance <laughs> when we went downtown. Not that this particular instance when we went downtown. That was fine because I was controlling the music. Yeah, but we're talking the other times like when we we're going on our way, like say like Ann Arbor or some shit, and you plug your iPhone in like the the iTunes iPhone connect. Like mm-hmm. hey, you gotta check this out. Hey, check this out. Like maybe like forty five <laughs> seconds into one track, and then you switch it over. Yeah, you do do that all the time. No, I love you though. I all love the time you. is a stretch. <laughs> We're talking 70, 80% of the time. Yeah, that's a stretch, too. But anyhow... We um, love you. <laughs> speak, we're still on the rap talk, though. Uh, did you watch that little mini documentary about Isaiah Rashad? No. It was like a little 15-minute documentary that one of his ma- boys made, which is, it was pretty cool. I liked the uh, 
the take that this guy did it because it wasn't like an interview or anything. It was literally just like a day in the life of Isaiah Rashad. It was like he was like filming over Isaiah Rashad's shoulder all day, you know, just kind of to see what he was doing, like different performances he was going to, just riding in the car, listening to music at his apartment in L.A., in the studio working on music, which makes me excited because I think that means Isaiah Rashad will finally probably new, put out a new album. Oh, well, that's what sounds tirade, like 2016. Yeah, man. Yeah. This dude takes his damn time. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> I'm cool with that though, because yeah. I like anticipation. I like anticipating yeah. an album. Yeah, I don't like keep. I don't. I don't get those back to back releases like that. It's yeah, just like too Juice much. World's already got a new album coming yeah. out. I'm like, you just put one out. I don't even listen. Future's to Future's the king of that though. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a reason why his music suffers. Hey. but yeah, that's uh, that was that. Um, I guess. We gotta we gotta further talk about this shit since it's at Sundance now. The the MJ documentary came out. Before you do that, What's speaking that? of future, you know he just tied uh, Elton John and number one single like most singles and rotation at the same time. Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> speaking of which, not even on the same playing field of talent, Elton John and Future. Jesus Christ, it's a sad time we're living in as far as pop music goes. Hey, give a man <laughs> his credit though. I I'm sorry I can't. <laughs> that's okay. The 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 Billboard already did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he did. definitely did. He doesn't need me. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. But um, since it is now at Sundance and coming to HBO soon, we got to talk about MJ a little bit more. Um, the documentary apparently has made all these people sick, and there's all these critics tweeting about it and how disgusting MJ is as a person and all this and that, and. Y- if you've been listening to the podcast the last two weeks, you know I've been on my Michael Jackson defense team over here. So Same. I just before uh, people jump to conclusions on that documentary, I need to read you guys a little something. And this is an article that Forbes magazine put out, um, and it's uh, it's entitled "What You Should Know About the New Michael Jackson Documentary Before Judging It Yourself." So it says when Michael Jackson died in two thousand nine, Wade Robinson, the former choreographer whose allegations of abuse at the center of the controversial new documentary, Leaving Neverland, wrote in a tribute to his friend. And he said, Michael Jackson changed the world and more, pers- er, and more personally in my life forever. He is the reason I dance, the reason I make music, and one of the main reasons, uh, of, or he is one of the main reasons I believe in the pure goodness of human mankind. Uh, he has been a close friend of mine for 20 years. His music, his movement, his personal words of inspiration, encouragement, and the unconditional love. God damn you, Forbes, with your... Av- no thanks. Watch out, Forbes. Trying to pop ads on me on the middle of reading this. Spam. Um, I, or is that, his personal words of inspiration, encouragement, and unconditional love will live inside of me forever. I will miss him immeasurably, but know that he is at peace uh, and enchanting the heavens with a melody of the moonwalk. Robinson was 27 years old at that time. Four years earlier, he testified in the 2005 uh, Michael Jackson trial as an adult that nothing sexual ever happened between them. And prior to the trial, Robson hadn't seen Jackson for years and was under no obligation to be a witness for his defense. He faced a withering cross-examination, understanding the penalty of perjury for lying under oath. But Robson adamantly, confidently, and credibly asserted that nothing sexually ever happened or sexual ever happened. And then it goes on to say, what changed between then and now? So why is all of a sudden he making this documentary and all these allegations on him? Well, in 2011, Robson approached the John Baraka co-executor, or John Baraka, the co-executive, um, 
of the Michael Jackson estate about directing a Michael Jackson uh, Circus Olay production called One. Robson admitted that he wanted the job really badly and wanted to be involved in it, but the estate ultimately chose someone else for that position. In 2012, Robson had a nervous breakdown, trig- or, uh, breakdown triggered, he said, an obsessive quest for success. His career, in his own words, began to crumble. That same year, Robson's career, finances, and marriage in peril, he began shopping a book that claimed that he was sexually abused by Michael Jackson, but no publisher picked it up. In 2013, Robson filed a $1.5 billion civil lawsuit with the claim, um, w- along with James Safechuck, who has also spent time in Jackson's life in the 80s. Safechuck claimed that he only realized he may have been abused with Robson when Robson filed the lawsuit. That lawsuit was dismissed in 2017. And now in 2019, you have the Sundance uh, documentary that's coming out. So if this doesn't sound like a, an account of a disgruntled uh, former employee of Michael Jackson's, I don't know what does. And that one, that I think that was pretty an important uh, article to read. It goes on and tells a lot more, but that's just like the main key points that I wanted to mention on it. Um, and also, I'm a little bit further along in the book, and... There is a lot of evidence stacking up that I still wholeheartedly think that he was extorted for money. Um, what do you guys think? Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, look at his look at the life that he lived, you know, and his childhood. And to to me, that's not a person that would go around and, and turn that into a, a you know. He obviously turned all those things into a positive, and it shows very clearly in his music. Mm-hmm. So he would never bring that kind of thing down to a you know a child or you know anyone I think for that matter I think he only had love to spread and I don't mean that sexual love no. I mean I, I got you you know I mean <laughs> I meant I mean like true like you know like love actual, for mankind yeah like MJ, he was a positive MJ, person yeah really absolutely was. I think because he never he had a lack of a childhood I mean you got to think about it he yeah. was thrown in that shit when he was like five or six or something like that right. maybe younger. So I think that, like, as he got older, he really just wanted to, you know, give children, like, like I guess, like, the childhood he never really had. Exactly. So that's why, he, you know, he built a, I don't know, a fucking theme park in his house. And but from yeah. the outside looking in, that's creepy, right? Yeah. Most, from people, the outside most looking people don't do that, but <laughs> most people aren't Michael Jackson, and most yeah. people don't have, you know, millions of dollars to be able to do something no, like that. I mean, I really don't, I, yeah, I really don't think that it was meant in a creepy way. Exactly. But the thing that bothers yeah. me, though, like, because... Obviously, I do. I as much as I do defend him, I think it's super weird that he hangs out with children. Like, is right if like if Nick told me that he had a new friend and he was ten, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? What are you talking about? You're hanging out with a ten year old kid. That's super weird. So what's weird to me is how like what people are willing to accept for money. Like, no one in his camp or that worked at Neverland Ranch was like or like close friends of his was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you hanging out with ten year olds? That's fucking weird. Like, you need help. That's not normal. Like, so there's definitely inappropriate things, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think that they capitalized on that inappropriateness and was like, saw an opportunity, like, oh, I could totally spin this this way. Mm-hmm. 100%. This would be so easy. And like, if you, if you read this book, the Unmasked book, there's, it, there's cases in here where it, it, now I'm getting to a point where Evan Chandler, who was the first boy that accused him in 93, now. Um, they're saying was in on this with his dad and like had they had come up with this plan and this scheme together. And the reason they know that is because one of their the employees at the law office 
that the lawyer who was working on their side worked for said she witnessed them coming up with these plans to extort Michael Jackson and how they regularly talked about how they were going to take Michael Jackson down and that all that they they did like she she had nothing to gain from this she didn't get paid for saying this she just came forward and was like listen I can't comfortably sit anymore um, by as all these lies are happening I witnessed them come up with this lie together I saw it in the law office and then she went on to further say how much of a dick the the lawyer was and how uncomfortable the work environment that he provided for them being there. So it's crazy. This book, I, I said it on the podcast last week, Unmasked, The Final Years of Michael Jackson. Super good read. I'm I'm still, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm really interested in it right now. And I, I think if you're, um, you're going to watch this documentary, you should probably read something like this first. I'm probably going to have to watch the documentary too because I, I can't just objectively sit here and talk shit and not see the other side of it. You know what I mean? I want to see both perspectives and see what mm-hmm. see what the right. other play people are offering. But, yeah, I don't know. That's that's where I was at with the Michael Jackson shit. You guys got anything to add to that? No, I'm with you. I mean, I'd, I'd love to, you know, dive more into it to give you any more sort of feedback, I guess. You know, I'm only going based on a lot of things that, you know, people have talked about. Right. And, and just my personal feeling on him. But Right. Yeah, um... Quickly, I wanted to mention a couple of our local Detroiters that have all have EPs coming out in the next couple of weeks. Juan Michael OG's got one coming out. Wanye's got one coming out. And Johnny Morris all have EPs. And Dilo has one coming out. And Dilo's got one coming out, too. Man, this is nice. And these guys are both working on new music. Detroit's turn is coming, baby. It's time for the Detroit, Michigan artists to take over this shit. I know we got so much talent everywhere that I can't wait for, uh, for everyone else to see it. And speaking of Johnny Morris, uh, I talked to him, and next he week. is going to be the guest on the podcast next week on the seventh, because that will give us time to uh, sit with his new EP, which I think Johnny be good. Is it the next, I think he ju- his first single just came out, which I got to check that out tonight, and then I think the EP drops um, at some point in the next couple days here. So, yeah, I got to meet him once at uh, Bullfrog actually a couple weeks ago. Nice, maybe. maybe yeah, it was like beginning of this month. Dude's cool as hell. I like, yeah. dude, his, his music like, is intense. I like his raspy, like, real raspy voice. I met him through, uh, or I met him on, like, via Instagram, just through, uh, Joe, our shout out to Joe Comisho from uh, Detroit Rap, because mm-hmm. our albums both came out the same day. Like, Be Careful, Be Safe, and his first one, it was a, it's beautiful, and it's all good. We Both of them came out the same day. So I was like, hey, man, I'll listen to yours, you listen to mine type deal. And then we just kind of connected through there. That's so, sweet. Yeah. And I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. The fucking government shutdown's finally over, so everyone's finally going to get paid again. Trump caved like a piece of shit that he is. I'm so happy about that and got absolutely nothing out of it. Guess what time it is? (laughs) It's tax time. (laughs) It's tax time. I just got my W-2s printed. (laughs) Things are different now, making music for a living. Now it's just a bunch of 1099s. Bro, I have an LLC, so I feel you. It's like the worst. You know what I think is horseshit? I think as a... A factory worker, I think it's horseshit that I pay more taxes than the damn president of the United States, who's a fucking billionaire. It's bullshit. Agreed. He hasn't showed us his tax returns. All I'm presidents. sure he hasn't paid. No, everyone else. He's the only president in history that hasn't released his tax information. No, I mean like all they pay. All oh, presidents oh, pay oh, less yeah, than yeah, you. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure. Billionaires paying less than factory white collar, blue collar people is bullshit. Bullshit. 
about um, your rodeo stand. You know, I just I saw like a little video the other day too about like this. There was like this uh, news summit thing where they were talking about um, taxes and how back in the day that in like the fifties and sixties the billionaires did get taxed more and how the economy was working better because of it. And now we've totally reversed that, and the poor are paying more, and the rich just keep getting fucking richer. So it's fucking horseshit. I hate our president. He's the worst. It's not even, though, but you can't, it's just not even just the president. It's no, it's the not whole, just the president. It's the whole system. It's the system. Yeah. Everyone, it's like, I've watched it time and time again as I get older. Everyone, And that's why I don't even, I don't read up on politics. I just don't give a fuck because everyone says the same thing. Oh, our president, this or that. And it's like in the reality of things, the grand scheme, it's like the whole system's fucked. Mm-hmm. And and it's the rich controlling everything, and not to get all conspiracy theory on anything, but it does it's make just you the realize why old people are like old and cynical and grumpy all the time, right? Because I feel like the older you get, like the more you, you distrust well, you, everything. I mean, <laughs> they, I, just, I choose not to. I feel care like about that generation. I mean, baby boomers kind of screwed the country in a way, just because of like the whole with everything dealing with like global warming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everything was like uh, it was a bunch of I don't know, dude. It was just. I, I lost my train of thought there. Well, it's funny that I, Trump, I lost my. <laughs> sorry. It's about funny that. now that we have this polar vortex. Trump obviously doesn't understand how climate change works in the slightest bit because we have this polar vortex, and he tweets, "Oh, so much for global warming, huh?" Well, yeah, that's how it works, you fucking retard. God, sorry, I didn't mean to say that word. I don't like that word. But anyways, he. It, that's how it works, man. You get high, extreme highs and extreme cold weather. That's how this goes. And he just doesn't get it and pays more attention to wanting a $12 billion wall than the shit that's actually killing Let us. Me, let me rephrase what I said there. Let me clarify that. Bainbroom was not screw the country. I was not <laughs> <laughs> rephrase that. So I meant like that generation, they just weren't aware of like all the stuff that would affect us now, I would say. So like with everything, just how like everybody's going eco-friendly and everything like that is just because we had a bunch of fossil fuels and stuff like that. All these like say like these all these cars were like, you know, getting six miles to the gallon yeah. back in the day, like releasing in there. And then you got like a bunch of coal factories and stuff like that, like all this like stuff going into the ecosystem. Now, this is what's causing global warming, stuff like that. So this is like things like that is really it's not even more of like their fault. It's more of just like an ignorance is bliss type thing. Nobody really knew about it back then. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, like health benefits, like gluten and all that shit. And like vegan. Vegan wasn't a thing. Yeah, good. good to go. Sweet. Yeah, but. Long, long files, long sessions. Yep, it happens. Yep. So Sorry, we had a logic, going back to the logic issue video. going on there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I just think that this president anyway, is poison to us. That's anyway. I, I really that. hope you know. Best wishes to him that he gets better and everything yeah, like that. Like, for sure. And I think he I think he checked himself out of the hospital later that good. day. But like just the fact that like it's just sickening to hear about in 2019. We're like we're setting ourselves 50 years back, man. Like this is it, this shouldn't be happening anymore. We should be progressing, not digressing. But um, I don't know. I guess we we can't make it through one podcast without having a little ranty session about Trump. So uh, I guess I'll switch it over, though, to uh, a little bit something better, like we usually talk around this time with uh, some TV and movies talk. Um, you got you watching anything anything recently you've seen, E-Man? Uh, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> I'm going to keep so, it 100 with you. So, I, I really haven't watched anything. For a non-video gamer like myself, <laughs> explain Kingdom Hearts 3 to me. So it is the third and final installment in the Kingdom Hearts saga. So it follows our protagonist, Sora, who's actually teamed up with Donald and Goofy, uh, Disney characters. <laughs> so it's all based in, like, the Disney realm. So you each world, like, you go around in different worlds and, like, solve this, like, puzzle thing. 
well, it's not really a puzzle, but it's like this uh, mystery of like what happened to his memory type deal. And you go on around a different worlds based in Disney, like based in Disney movies. Like there's like the one I just played. I just played the Enchanted one. I'm on Toy Story right now. Uh, started with Hercules. And then you just go in a different rounds. That's and you tight. face you face Actually like the villains. Kind of interesting. And yeah, I'm like you, you team up with like the main characters in each one. Like Woody and Buzz right now are by my side, and we're teaming up against. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know who the villain's gonna be in this one yet. I'm hopefully hopefully it's gonna be Sid. I'm, I can't wait for it. Who's Sid? Sid, Toy Story one. Oh, the kid really? in Toy Story one. Oh, that's sweet. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's in it. I hope he's in it, but I don't think he's in it so far. Uh, like I know, uh, fucking Chanit, for instance. We uh, you know, with uh, the Rapunzel story. Uh, sort of. Remember Enchanted? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the Disney. So the villain in that was the mother, which was, she was the villain in the okay. movie. And you had to actually take her down. Like she, like she turned to this thing called the Heartless. The Heartless are like the the villains in the mm-hmm. uh, in the game. So it's just pretty much like you. They are being controlled by this. Was it organi- this comp- like thing called Organization Thirteen? Mm-hmm. Which Organization Thirteen is like the main villain. So they teamed up with the mom in that world and she turns into like this big monster thing you had to pretty much take her out huh. yeah, that it, sounds kind of whole fun. game is the whole game is dope it's all based around disney stuff like so they have a frozen world they have lion king they have a bunch of different stuff so and does that mean the, you put uh you put red dead redemption in the box did you see my snapchat <laughs> i saw that That's yeah, was, I I thought that was hilarious played, it's been a long <laughs> yeah, day so funny. without <laughs> you my friend yeah that was pretty <laughs> funny i enjoyed that that was great um yeah, I, I'm not much of a video gamer myself. My parents, when I was a kid, they never really, like, they were all against it, which I'm thankful for now because it made me not really into that. Not, I guess I was more into, like, playing hockey, street hockey and soccer and football outside and shit. But, yeah, so I've never, like, video games are so foreign to me. I don't know what the hell's going on with them, but I know a lot of people love it. <laughs> I know that's for sure. But, um, yeah, so as far as TV, though, with myself, I started watching. Well, I finished one series and started another one. I killed uh, since it's on um, Netflix now. The assassination of Gianni Versace, and holy shit, was that I a actually, good show? I haven't finished it yet. I started it. it oh was, man, it's so good. I'm only um, episode like four. Or something I was stuff. fascinated about it because I didn't know nothing about the serial killer that killed Gianni Versace. I thought the whole show was going to be about him. And his murder with him, but it turned out no. that he had killed like four or five other people before yeah. that. And so I was like fascinated by this guy's story. And he was such a young dude too. He was like, like what early twenties by the time that all this happened. Yeah. So like, like mid twenties, crazy by the end of it. And it, like talk, talks about how like him hiding out in like in Miami after it happened and stuff like that. And being that it was like on a port, it was hard for him to escape and everything. But um, yeah, that that show was phenomenal. Yeah, you can go ahead, Nick, if you got your got at casual shit. Uh, <laughs> at casual boys, will be here in a minute. Woo! I dig it. Whoa. Which they should be on their residency here soon uh, at Otis Supply, we so you can go catch them out night. there. Just started last night. Oh, that's sweet. I should have gone to that. <laughs> oh, just for the record, bro, I was going to say this. I do agree with mostly political things. I just play have to play devil's advocate. Oh yeah, for sure. I, no, 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 that's no. how it is. Like, yeah, just want, for sure. I just want to throw it out there, guys. I have to play devil's advocate with him no, all yeah, the time. No, yeah, you definitely do. Or else yeah. I'd probably. Because I, I can't. We can't have one sided argument. And you got to have right, me right. to. You got to have E-Man to to put an end to my rants sometimes. Yep. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do agree with ninety percent of the things you say. I just want to say, but I have to play devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, so the Gianni Versace shit, it's on Netflix now. I didn't realize how good it was gonna be. The acting was absolutely phenomenal. The guy that played the um the dude that assassinated Gianni Versace was fantastic, man. He did a really, really outstanding job. Um 
And so did I was taken aback by how good Ricky Martin was. Ricky oh, Martin, dude, yeah. dude, he was amazing <laughs> on it. He played uh, he plays Gianni Versace's longtime boyfriend. They were together for like thirteen years, and they had to hide it for a long time because they 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 played it off like they were like partners or, right. or you know, just partners in the, in the company, not in real life. But um, yeah, he was fantastic. And Penelope, who Cruz. was this? I must say, was that his sister? Penelope yeah, Penelope Cruz, Cruz okay, played yeah. um, uh, Donatella Versace, and she did a really good job too. Man, I, it's true crime series. Um, they did the OJ, OJ one, one too. Yeah, that yeah was what, really uh, good. what was it? Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba was OJ Jr. Yeah. And, and David Schwimmer played um, Robert Shapiro, Rob, Robert Kardashian, or Robert Kardashian. Yeah, 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 yeah. good call. Um, I forget who played Robert Shapiro. That was the other guy. Uh, I forgot who played who played. Uh, What's his name? What was the other lawyer? Cochran. Who did Johnny, play Johnny Cochran? I forgot who played Johnny Cochran. That's slipping my mind. Now. Oh, you know what? I think it was, wasn't it Sterling K. Brown? Yeah, from, you know, uh, I'm going to say it was, a, it was definitely a bigger actor. I just yeah, I think it was Sterling K. Yeah. Brown from This Is that Us. That sounds about right. Yeah, that was it. That sounds about um, right. He's a good actor. So, yeah. yeah, so after I finished that one, I started a new series um, called Black Earth Rising that is really good, too. Um, that's a limited series on Netflix. And it stars John Goodman, and I don't know the other actresses' names that are the main characters in it. But it's literally about um, like John Goodman owns this law firm, and he they live in the UK. And one of the girls that works for him uh, adopted a girl from the genocide in in Africa in in 1994. She was a survivor of the genocide, and so while they were over there, she adopted this child that they found that was like one of the only survivors in this giant massacre and brought her back and she started living in the UK under her and training to become a junior assistant lawyer or whatever with her and it kind of goes uh, they're going after one of the people responsible for the genocide in Africa uh, this is years it's later crazy. this is like 20 something years later so it was it's a really smart show it kind of reminds me of something that like um, what was it, Aaron Sorkin? It kind of reminds me of something Aaron Sorkin would have done, like the West Wing or the Newsroom or something like that. It's really good. Dig it. We do have a birthday, by the way. Whose birthday? A celebrity birthday. Who's that? Uh, artist we both like. Kid Cudi. Oh, shit, yeah. Kid yeah, Cudi, happy birthday, Kid Cudi. Right? Yeah, yeah, nice. And Alicia Keys' birthday was the other day, too. My longest-running crush. Been in, been in love with her since 2001. <laughs> She's so awesome, I love, man. Yeah, I love Alicia And Keys. her and Swiss Beats' kid is already, like, They're super about to be talented. So, I'm not saying, that kid is going to be the most talented kid in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, that's all I had for TV. And Oh, actually, I'm looking forward to um, the Hannah, the series, is coming. We uh, talked think, about that, yeah. yeah. They're, I think they're going to – it doesn't premiere till March, but I read yesterday online that they're going to put the first episode up on Amazon early to get, like, a like – a, for, like, one week or something, they're going to put it up just to see uh, – probably gauge people's reactions and stuff. Dig it. It might be tough, though, for that to be as good as the movie because the Chemical Brothers score of that movie is what made it so awesome with all that crazy techno and shit going on during right. all the fight scenes <laughs> and shit. So that was fun. Did you end up watching that assassin movie I was telling you about too, Paul? I have literally been playing Kingdom Hearts. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've literally all I did was play Kingdom Hearts since Tuesday. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, I think that that's all I got for this week uh, on the subjects. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we uh, end the podcast? Shout out to Square Nix. You made a good game. Eight out of ten. Kingdom nice. Hearts. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> uh, we got any upcoming releases? Upcoming release besides those three Detroit ones. Oh yeah, we didn't even we can check that out real quick. Let's see what we got on. Uh, pull up your thing on app or here I can pull it up on here too. Uh, I've been listening to that newest Big Crit a lot, man. That is so good. 
I am excited for that Billie Eilish album. I just want yeah, to throw it out so there. I like Birch Billie texted Eilish me about her. What's what? Could you kind of describe her vibe? Billie Eilish bit? is like a combination of Lord and Lana Del Rey, only a little bit more creepy. But I like, I like her. That. She's only like seven. Like she's Lord. like maybe like seventeen, like sixteen, seventeen, something around there. But yeah, she's. I, I like her. To be honest with you. I can't find the section of what's coming out tomorrow. Do you know? You got it. Uh, yeah. Nobody I really am familiar with. To be honest with you. Let's Start see. from the top. Emily King is Dead Emily? Mouse. That's that's about it. That's the only one. Doesn't I'm really Emily King? With. Isn't she? Um, oh no, I'm thinking of someone. I was thinking about the chick from The Walking Dead, but that's not her. No, that's Emily Kinney, I think. Is that Fra- oh, Beirut's got an album coming out. That's a sweet indie band. I like Beirut. Nobody uh, I really like. Nobody I really know. I'm gonna be honest with you. That means I get just to listen to a bunch of awesome new old or old music again. Nice Dead Mouse is the only one I know on this list right now coming out with an album. So shout out to Dead Mouse. Huh. Yeah, I haven't listened to Dead Mouse in a while either. Me either. I think he hasn't done anything in a while. Yeah, you might be right. Is that about it? Yeah. yeah I guess that's, that's all about I it. look forward that's, to tomorrow's yeah. the Beirut album. That's probably be my something new next week. But um anyways, so fitting in the theme of all our Trump hatred, I got a song to you guys to play from you from FDT? <laughs> no, FDT? It's, it's not FDT. No, it's not. <laughs> but, Shout um, to YG four hundred. This is actually FDT. a song called <laughs> Ascension featuring Vince Staples by Gorillas off their uh, album from two thousand seventeen. Oh, the, st- um, the sky is falling, yes, baby. Drop that yep. ass. So, uh, appreciate album. you guys for listening. Uh, that was another. That was episode twenty three, and we will see you guys next Thursday. Peace. See ya. Tuned into the tomb of Jehovah, play my tunes loud enough to shake the room. What's that hold up? Heard the world is in it soon. I assume that they told you they trying to down show us. So now it's time to go up. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for it crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for it crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for it crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for it crash. The roof is on fire, she went like Barbara Streisand. Police everywhere, it's like a nigga killed a white man. I just wanna find a baby mama for the night. And so don't be coming round, Vince, on that better ram shit. On the 911 shit. Need a Mrs. Brown, is Missy, I can have some fun with. Them slave bones make Greg Jones Don't stop, bitch, they folks They hated on them since days of Moses Let my people go crazy Them stars falling, don't chase them The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for it crash The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for it crash The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for it crash The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for it crash Where you can get a Glock and a gram for the cheap 
Well, you can live your dreams long as you don't look like me. Be a puppet, don't string, hanging from a fucking tree. The sky's falling, baby, drop that in.